You're listening to Right Where You Are, hosted by New York Times bestselling author, creator, and speaker, Jason Wright. With inspiring guest interviews and Jason's unique lens on life, this is the place to see the good in the world, to lift and be lifted, no matter your starting point, to make a difference that matters. And we'll do it all together, right where you are. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Right Where You Are. This is Jason Wright. So glad that you're here. And if it's your first week or you're a regular, you know how grateful I am that you give us some of your time. Uh, Before we get into what I think is going to be a really fun discussion on this episode, just a quick reminder that my new novel, Even the Dog Knows, is available for pre-order from virtually every single outlet that sells books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. Uh, Even your local indie bookstore can pre-order it. It comes March 8th. And I'm really excited uh, for the world to meet this cast of characters and to get to know uh, this wonderful fictional family. And speaking of family, today's guest has his own wonderful family that I can't wait for you to hear a little bit more about. He is the father of three and the creator of something called What's Inside, which I'm sure is familiar uh, to most of you. This is a YouTube channel uh, that he runs with more than 7 million subscribers. And don't go anywhere because here in a bit, he's going to share a few other metrics, analytics on the channel that are going to blow your mind. Uh, my guest today doesn't just host uh, and produce these videos. He, he actually does most of the editing um, of the content on his main channel. He reviews products and shares all kinds of cool technologies. Uh, he holds a degree in global business from Arizona State University. He spent more than a decade as a top sales rep in the biotech industry. And YouTube has simply become a really fun way of life uh, for my guest. And so much of his enjoyment comes from developing these stories and helping others and motivating others to follow their dreams and to navigate this strange world of digital media. He has been married to his lovely wife, Leslie, for 19 years. His name, of course, you already know is Dan Markham. Welcome, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is great. This isn't uh, the first time we've met. And, I know. Uh, I'm glad that we could get together on your show. I know. And you know what? We Let's start there then. Uh, since you brought it up, I mean, this is, I, I loved, and I've told this story a few times. I hope that's okay uh, in the past privately <laughs> to people. It's the first time I've shared it like this. In uh, in September of 2017, I believe it was, uh, my family was visiting Utah from Virginia and on a whim and a prayer, I sent an email through the website uh, to Dan telling him that uh, my my boys in particular were just huge fans. And I just wanted to kind of introduce myself and the family. And And he responded uh, like within a couple of hours. I mean, I remember sending it early in the morning, Virginia time. And by nine or 10 local, I already had a response, which is, by the way, not easy for someone who gets the kind of volume of email Dan gets to respond that quickly. Even just to see the email in the mountain was impressive to me. Uh, but I, I responded back again and thanked him for the reply and told him how much I would love on this trip to surprise my boys by introducing them to, uh, to Dan and his son Lincoln. And he didn't just say yes. He invited us to his home. And so... A few days later, I texted him. It was a little bit late in the evening, I recall. I think um, I think your kids were in PJs. But we pulled up to his house um, in our rental. My boys had no idea. I had not told them at all where we were going, just that we were going to see an old friend of mine. 
But they, I don't think I've ever told you this, Dan, but they went nuts when we got out of the car and parked because they <laughs> recognized your home from That's the impressive. videos. Isn't that great? <laughs> uh, but we went great. inside, we chatted for probably an hour. Um, you, you probably don't remember, you gave me some great social media, YouTube advice. And then uh, the boys were admiring your Tesla, which I, I think was pretty new at the time. And you've probably had several since then. Uh, and so you offered us a ride, which my boys thought was the craziest thing in the world. And then we're a mile or two away from your house. And you're like, you want to drive? And my heart was like, don't, 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 don't. I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I want to drive. And, uh, and so that was the first time I was behind the wheel of a Tesla. And my boys still tell that story all the time about riding in a Tesla with uh, with you and your son. And it was just your your wife was so, so lovely and, and good to us. Um, I remember her excusing herself to to get, um, I guess, uh, the little ones to bed, right? You've got two little girls. Yeah, probably the girls had to go to bed. It's yeah. so funny because we're in a different world now. I mean, there's, especially from the Tesla side of thing, now everybody, it seems like, you know, somebody that has a Tesla that lives yeah. on your street, or every time you go to the grocery store, you see them. But yeah, back then it was new and it was like alien technology. And so that was one of the best things is just to give people a ride. So I do yeah. remember that. I do. I don't remember giving social media tips, but hopefully they were helpful. <laughs> but I they were a good time and Th your they boys were. were really nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, they're all, uh, um, I'll, I'll probably share on the show page a couple of the, the pictures from that night that we took that my boys still uh, still show their friends. They just, they, they still talk about all these years later. And it's, That's you know, great. you were obviously very successful at that point. Um, I mean, you had already built this into, a brand and now it's it's gone even further. So I know of course the story and and people who have followed you closely through the years might know how this all began with a with a well a school project. So tell us about that. What what is the beginning of what's inside? Yeah, so it's it definitely was um I mean you say 2017 that seems like so long ago now <laughs> that we're here in 2022 but um our first beginnings was Lincoln when he was in second grade, which right now he's a sophomore. So he's in 10th grade in high mm. school. But when he was in second grade, he had a science project and he wanted to know what's inside of sports balls. And basically he just had to answer one scientific question. And that was the question. And so instead of just like printing off stuff from the internet, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more involved here of a dad. And let's just, let's just cut these things open. I, I'm not good with tools. We went to Ace Hardware. I bought this little saw. I got a clamp and we just, and, and then I thought, how, what can take this over the top? I was super shy growing up and I never spoke like even in church until I went on my mission. When I was 19 years old, mm. I told my local church leader, he was like, Hey, we want you to speak. And I'm like, I'm not going to speak until I'm leaving to go on my mission. And I held true to that. Wow. And now here I am after spending two years in the Philippines. And then I was a sales rep for a while. And I kind of learned a lot of different social skills from that. And now I'm, I'm talking to millions of people, but anyway, back to the science project. So I wanted Lincoln to have something that stood out from the sales perspective so that his teacher would give him a good grade. And so YouTube was still not something that every kid wanted to be a YouTuber. It just wasn't a thing back in 2014. And so I, we just had at the end, we've created our channel and if you still go to it now, it's youtube.com slash Lincoln Markham. That is the what's inside channel. And basically mm. at the end of his presentation, after we cut open the sports balls, put them on a poster board, he put the poster board up and we wrote at the bottom, youtube.com slash Lincoln Markham. And then he said at the end of his presentation, 
And if you want to see my dad cutting open the sports balls, you can go watch on my YouTube channel. It was just like that extra cherry on top to be like, wow, you did better than everybody else. You're getting a good grade. I was just trying to teach him some sales skills, you know? And so he does the project. I upload the videos to YouTube. I did see before I uploaded that. And one of the reasons why I uploaded it too was people at the time searched on, which maybe this is common knowledge now, but back in 2014, I thought it was fascinating because everybody used Google at the time. But people searched and asked questions more on YouTube than they did on Google. And so I was like, I'll just publish these. I can push the monetization button. And if anybody watches it, we were making like 25 cents a day for the for most of the year. And all of a sudden, it was like December 16th or something like that of 2014. We made $4 in one day. And I was like, Lincoln, $4 in one day? That is so much money. What if we kept cutting things open. People are now asking us to cut open a cricket ball or whatever type of ball. What if we just like keep cutting things open? And if we can get like 200 videos, you could make some money for college. And he's like, yeah, dad, let's do it. So January comes around, we film some videos. I upload them to YouTube and we upload like five in one day. We lose like half of our subscribers. And I'm like, I should probably learn about the YouTube side. Like what makes it tick? on the mm-hmm. analytics side of things. So I just started doing research on like search engine optimization, how often you should publish different hacks and, and tricks to do to make your videos better. And from about five months after the time that we said we were going to try to make a YouTube channel, we got, we hit 1,000 1, subscribers and we were so excited. We were like, this is crazy. How do we have a thousand people? Like two days later, we hit it. We hit 2000 and we were like a little scared, like, who are all these people? Where are they coming from? <laughs> How do we keep them happy? What do we do here? And so we just continued with it by August, which was eight months into it. We hit 100,000 subscribers. And by December, we hit a million. So it was like basically one year from when, two years from the school project, but like one year from when we said, let's try to make a YouTube channel. We hit a million subscribers, which back in the day was was big. That was a big number. Yeah, and, it's still but, a big number. There are a lot of people listening right now who are wishing they had a million subscribers, trust me. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a fair point. And one thing that I loved about it is that I pushed Lincoln to give a presentation in class uh, about his thing because I was shy growing up and I wanted him to not have the same same um, insecurities about speaking in public that I had when I was growing up. And about a year and two months into having the YouTube channel, we got invited to do a video for Bill and Melinda Gates, like a sponsored video talking about their annual letter for charity. And I was able to take Lincoln to the Philippines, the place I was born, the place mm-hmm. that I served my two-year mission, show them the water needs there. And then the, the Bill Gates Foundation, like they loved our letter so, or our video so much that we got invited to go to New York right before um, he went on Jimmy Fallon. And we got to meet Bill and Melinda Gates and Lincoln asked him a question. And I'm like, I'm over here scared to talk in front of my 200 people in my church congregation. And I, but I, and I don't want my son to feel the same way. And here we are now a couple of years later and he's interviewing and asking questions to one of the most influential men in the world. And it was just one of those like proud father moments that oh, yeah. forget about the subscribers, the views, all of that stuff. I'm like, I, hopefully this is accomplishing the mission of why I even started doing this is to help him be a better person. And maybe in some of the areas that I wasn't growing up. And so So yeah, fast forward to like 2016, we had a video that was the rattlesnake rattle and it ended up being the number three most viral video of the entire year of Mm -hmm. all the videos in the world, which was insane. It was like uh, number one, I think was um, 
James Corden carpool karaoke with Adele, which is a really good video. Mm-hmm. Number two was the pen pineapple apple pen song by this no. guy that was yeah. really odd. You know uh, that one? Yeah, I do. And then number three was us. Yeah. So it was like, I'm like, how is this happening? So now to now we're, we're on all the platforms and we, we have 7 million subscribers on that main channel. We have created a family channel that shows kind of our lifestyle and the things that we do and can be any random things. And then, and then of course we're on like Facebook and all those platforms and, and Lincoln's growing up and yeah, that's kind of our strange journey into social media and where that came from out of nowhere. Yeah. So we did a little math before we hit the record button and you have to share some of these, these numbers with the audience today, <laughs> because unless you hear them from you, I don't think, I don't think folks are going to believe this. Talk to us about <laughs> A little bit about views, um, accumulated hours, years. Do you still have those numbers in front of you? Yeah. So you had asked, like you said something like, so you probably have like 400 million views now, right? That's that's massive. And I was like, well, it's, I think it's over a billion, maybe even pushing 2 billion, which sounds insane. Yeah. So we pulled up a simple one just on our What's Inside channel, our main channel with the 7 million subscribers. Um, according to YouTube, we have 1.2 billion views. And what's cool about YouTube is they can break it down into hours and minutes watched. And it's that right now we're at 69.1 million hours of watch Mm. time, like watch time, like people actually letting it run and staring at it, not just like a viewer, they could click on it for two seconds or watch the whole thing, but like watching, sitting there looking at it. Right. And I calculated that out into Google 69 million, 69 million hours is equal to, let me look at this. Yes. 69 million hours. I just want to make sure I didn't put minutes in there because it's such a big number. Essentially 7,876 years is the (laughs) amount of time that if one person sat down and watched our videos Mm. for that equivalent amount of time, they would have to sit and watch for 7,876. What is that? Years, years, years. Years. I mean, we think about the, the, the 2000 years ago, like when, when Christ was born that yeah. we base our time off of, we're talking yeah. about 70, almost 8,000 years. Yeah. So it, it becomes kind of a weight and that's just one platform. We probably have 2 billion total with you add up everything. Um, yeah. it, when I think back to that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a bit of a responsibility. I hope that, I hope <laughs> that it was a good use of their lifetime that I spent giving them this content. So yeah, that's, it's hard to fathom those numbers. It, it, it really is. It's hard to, to wrap your head around. I, I can tell you that if, if there are two, two, if there are two teenage boys capable of watching 69 million hours worth of content, it's mine. And they're probably at <laughs> home right now trying to reach that number. Um, which, which brings me to another question because my, you know, my boys went through a a phase where they, you know, wanted to have um, a YouTube channel and they, they created a little bit of content. In fact, I remember asking you, you know, for a few of those tips that night uh, in your home and like so many others, it just, it doesn't catch on and they get bored and they don't generate enough content. So, you know, people stop checking because there hasn't been anything new for six months. And that is really the story for 99.9% of the creators out there. So, so why did what's inside work? when so many others don't. And, and when I mean others, I mean good ideas, really smart, creative people, even people that put some resources behind those ideas, they fail. So why why were the two of you so successful? 
It's a good question. And I think there's a lot of potential answers to that. Um, you definitely can't discount, and I've heard this from a lot of big creators like Casey Neistat, who's one of the biggest on the platform. You definitely can't discount the, the luck side of things. Some people will call it um, blessings, like you're, that, but and then also other people would consider that it's luck. There is a bit of the right time, the right place, and some of that happening. But from like a, from the other side of it, of looking at like, looking back on like, what did we do that was different or how did we connect with people? Um, I think from the beginning, the, the YouTube algorithm with people asking questions on, on the platform, every single one of our videos was a question. Mm. We had a thumbnail that was attractive. And it, if somebody was watching a video about um, baseball and their favorite baseball highlights and something that popped up that said, what's inside of this baseball? It was easy for them to say, "I'm oh, I'm, I'm curious," and that curiosity got people. What's inside the rattlesnake rattle? That was our viral video. You see the thumbnail, and it looks like I'm holding a rattlesnake by the tail to mm -hmm. cut into it while it's alive, but you don't see the rest of the tail. There's that works really well on YouTube, and so I think we did a really good job at doing the things that were important for the platform. Like we published once a week, every single week for four years, and had that consistency going. I did the search engine optimization stuff on the background. I did captions so that everything tied in. So like all of those things that you need to do for the platform at the current time, I did all of those as the best I could. But I think one thing that was different is anybody can cut something open. And I think I learned this when we did what's inside an Etch-A-Sketch, that fun toy for that you move the balls around and it draws pictures. There were probably 15 videos that I could count when I just searched what's inside Etch-A-Sketch where people took them apart. And so I was like, I'm not going to do it. And people were asking us all the time, cut this open. I'm like, well, it's already out there. People have seen how it works. And then in the comments, some people were arguing back and forth about why we should do it. And somebody said the same thing. It's already out there. Just go, just look on YouTube. And one of the person, one of the people said, I know it's out there, but I, I want to see the way that Dan and Lincoln see what's inside of this. Mm. And so that kind of goes back to early on. I realized after we gained 2000 subscribers, that, that big moment where I was a little nervous, I was like, Lincoln, we're going to get big enough that anybody can do what we do. If we are going to stand out and be different, yes, we have that clickbait, if you want to call it, the curiosity to get people in. But we, if we want them to stay, we need to insert our personalities at the beginning of the video and get them to stay because of us, because of yeah. you and me having a good time, being authentic, being ourselves. And so we, we did that. And some people would complain if they've never watched our channel and they're like, all I want to do is see what's inside of this bowling ball. How come it took 10 minutes? Right. Well, for my side of things, I'm like, I'm cultivating an audience and right. we're trying to get to know our fans and bring them into our life. And so we need, I want to be able to like have them get to know. So anyway, that's, that's one of the approaches that we took and, and we gained a lot of followers because I think people stayed for a lot of reasons. They, they liked Lincoln. They thought that he was great. They let some people liked the father son dynamic and, um, and it just kind of, they, they related with it. It was authentic. It was real. We weren't trying to fake things in the video and you're, we're not that much different off camera than we are on camera. Maybe I get a little bit more excited on camera because I'm on camera or whatever, and we are able to edit things and make them look pretty. But that authenticity is different than if you were NBC and you're like, I'm going to make a thing about what's inside of this stuff. And it's, you have a full on camera crew. Like I'm sitting in right. my home right now with the cameras and some <laughs> of the lights I will, we keep things authentic and natural. And I think the world connects with that. And so, so yeah, there's, there could be a lot of reasons, but those are some of the things that, mm. that have, I think helped us. Yeah. You mentioned the father son relationship and I told you before we 
um, you know, began filming, taping, uh, recording. I, I loved my dad so much. He passed away when I was in high school. I've talked about it on the show before. And, and I can, I can imagine that, that, um, that relationship is as real off camera, obviously, and warm and authentic off cameras it is on. And I know you've had feedback through the years from viewers who've said, this is the kind of relationship I wish I had with my dad or that I do have with my dad or dad saying, I want to connect with my son the way that, that you are not because I want to build a, a YouTube channel on a brand in a, in a company, but because I just want to have a better relationship with my kid. So I know there are people listening right now. And certainly I fall into that camp who are, are drawn in. Yes. By the curiosity of what you're cutting open, but more by this, what appears to be a really great friendship. And I, I'm sure that, you know, you, you love your girls just as much uh, in their own way, but the world I think has been treated through these years to a pretty, a, a really special friendship, a unique friendship. And you don't, you don't see that much on YouTube. It's interesting though, as I sit here, as you were talking about some of what made you successful, I was thinking about like dude, perfect, which I'm sure a lot of folks are familiar with mm-hmm. the friendship. I mean, the love that those guys <laughs> have for one another seems must be so real. Um uh, Mr. Beast, uh, who is just taking over the world right now, not just on YouTube, it seems now, but everywhere. Anyone who's watched a Mr. Beast video, you see this this brotherhood between he and his squad, Sean Doris, um, who I know you know really well, similar with um, you know with his with his crew. Um, don't you think there's something to that? This sort of like I'm peeking into some guys I just love to hang out with. Yeah, and especially in a world where more people are at home and are, and maybe feeling a little disconnected mm-hmm. over the last few years with everything that's been going on in the world, you feel like, you know, the person like I, you, it's interesting getting to know, I've felt the same way about other creators like Casey Neistat. When I met him for the first time, I was really awkward and I don't, I was confused. I'm like, what is going on? And I realized, Oh, I feel like we're best friends because I've watched so many mm-hmm. of his videos, but we've actually never met. And yeah. He, doesn't know who we I am. He's watched a few of my videos, but like, it's kind of this thing where you do feel connected to them. Dude. Perfect. Fantastic. They have such a fun, such fun energy. Mm-hmm. It's su- such a great thing. Um, I remember back in 2016, going back to that video that was th- when they picked up a lot of press about like the top 10 videos of the year, YouTube put it out. They based it off a lot of criteria and it seemed like all the media picked it up. Well, one of the places that I'll never be in ever in my life, except for this one time was GQ magazine did a write-up on the top 10 videos. And I'm like, I'm in GQ. But one of the things I liked, I actually Googled it and pulled it up while we've been sitting here. They say on the, it's number three, it says, it says easily the best opening sequence of any video so far and a title that delivers what it promises. Even throws in a cute, non-threatening father-son bonding storyline for the masses. Everything a viral video should be. Hmm. And that, that was the write-up. And it like gave me chills and it made me feel good because I'm, I would never say that I'm the best father in the world or the example that everybody should follow, but I definitely love my kids and I try to every day be the best parent that I can. And this YouTube channel has given me the opportunity to, to, I guess, be an example to some people in the world. I've, I remember early on getting a letter from somebody that was at university of Wisconsin. And he told me, he says, you know, I've, I had a rough life growing up. My dad wasn't around and I never believed that I could have a family like what I see on TV hmm. and there's something, I don't know what it is, but watching your videos makes me believe that I can strive to have a relationship with somebody someday and have a family that is a good family with love in the home. 
And it's not like we preach these principles in the videos, but I think people can feel that it is genuine that I, I love my family and we aren't going to sell out for some sponsorship thing. I have seen some YouTubers go down a road, especially in the family space, because it's the wild, wild west over the last seven years where they pull their kids out of school. They'll move to LA. They'll, they'll mm -hmm. film like three or four videos a day. There's no like rules like they have for traditional, for traditional, like filming TV shows and movies. And I worry that we've probably passed up millions of dollars of things that we could do that, but I want to make sure that my son is going to school and getting to know everybody is his friends, figuring out who to sit with at lunch mm. and having YouTube kind of be like a side thing that we do where if he wants to do it when he's older, that's great. But I never want my son to be 25 years old and to come back and say, dad, why did you steal my childhood yeah. just for money? I can't get that back. I wish I would have had friends. And so right now my son loves golfing this last summer. He really got into it. I don't know that we filmed a video for three months and it was peak time. And even this last Christmas, like some of our family members got sick and I'm like, Hey, we're not going to film a video. And at the same time, we could have, we could have busted out so many videos about topics, about things, made tons of ad revenue, gotten tons of sponsored brand deals, but I really try to put the family first. And, um, I don't know, I think our life is just too short to, to get too excited about the quick buck. There's plenty of people I know that are crazy successful that are not happy in their life. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of people I know that don't have hardly any money. Like when I grew up in the Philippines, like I lived there and I went on my mission there. Like there's people that don't have anything and they're happier than the people that have millions of dollars. And so yeah. do I need to do all I can to make like five videos a day and sacrifice potentially my son's childhood? No, I don't. And and so when we do make videos, hopefully they're authentic and that people feel that we do care about our audience and we want to give them good content, but we also are kind of giving a peek inside of our life. And, and I guess people like that. So anyway, sorry, long love rambling that. thought there, but <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, you mentioned um, Bill and Melinda Gates who, and I, I know because I've, I've watched many of these videos and I, even just this morning was scrolling back through some of your history but who would you say are some of the coolest, most interesting people that you've met or done collaborations with? Oh, man, there's so many good people. One person I would say that is really a genuine good person in this space um, is Mark Rober. Oh, I yeah. think he's he's a good guy. Um, he's really, really smart and just a genuine nice guy and wants to educate the world and create good content destined from smarter every day his channel is amazing he's mm -hmm. educating people he lives in alabama he is he is a genuine smart rocket scientist literally a rocket scientist and he's just sharing good positive things to the world so i've really really liked that we've met some awesome people that you would never even think of like uh there's this guy that reached out to us one day i got this email around the same time i think you reached out there was a guy that sent me an email and said, Hey, if you're coming up to Oregon for a football game, when Utah comes to play, cause I lived in Utah, he's like, um, let me know. And I can get you some sideline passes and you can come down on the field. And I was like, that's nice. And he's like, that's me in the picture. And I look at the picture and there's this giant six foot seven, big, huge football player, offensive lineman. And he's lifting up the running back in the end zone. Hmm. And I'm like, that's, that's him. He's I'm like, no, nah, that's, that's not him. And so, I'm like, that's great. 
connect with me on, on Twitter and uh, let's DM about it. I'm like, if it's really him, then we can connect on there. So he DMs me. Sure enough, it's this giant, hmm. giant, strong guy. One of the best top five offensive linemen in the whole country for the NFL draft. Like he's legit and he's a big time fan of our channel. And so anyway, we went up there and did, saw their facilities, got to know him. And even as even yesterday, I talked to him. I, he's been to two of my son's birthdays. Um, he's oh he's been an goodness. offensive lineman for the Detroit Lions. This was his fourth year this last year, a starting offensive lineman, big, massive guy. And he's just a giant teddy bear, nicest guy ever lives in Las Vegas. So we went to top golf and he came and just mm. is so nice to Lincoln and so kind. So anyway, isn't that it's, great it's to me? It's, it's wild. And I it's mean, it's so fun to just meet genuine, nice people that you just wouldn't even think would be these connections. Yeah. It, and I, I mean, to think that you trace that back to a second grade project in, in elementary school. I mean, these, these, not just professional relationships or brand deals or whatever you want to call them, but, but real friends, people that you love and that matter to you and to your family and, and that will be there. And I think this is important. Um, and I think we got a sense of this um, a couple answers ago, but if this all ended today, if it's someone just pulled the plug on YouTube today and said, you know what, we're done. Number one, I don't think you'd have any regrets. And number two, I think all of those relationships and friendships that you have cultivated would remain intact and maybe stronger than ever, because these, these people have been drawn to you and to your family, as you said earlier, because of what they see in you and what they feel when they're around you, not, not because, you know, you're promoting them or they're promoting you. Yeah. And I wouldn't say every single one of our videos is crazy educational and entertaining. I'm sure there's some duds in there that aren't fantastic, but there's definitely some things that we've done to help people in the world through our videos. And, and it's, yeah, I, I often do our family. My parents really like to do like their family research on the past things in the past of like our, our ancestors and like trace back where our family line comes from and do some of that, which is really fun. But, um, I've, when I've helped them with that and looked into it, it's really fun to go back and click on some of the documents of people and some of the things you can pull up and be like, wow, this is my ancestor in Nauvoo, Illinois, Mm -hmm. that was there for this key moment in history of time. And I can see these documents of things and I couldn't help but think, wow, like five generations from now, when I'm long gone, there people are going to be doing their family history and go back. And not only they're not just going to have some documents about where I was born and different things. They're going to have this library of Mm -hmm. a thousand videos that is directly like, this is my ancestor. This is what he did. And again, going back to the, the heaviness of those hours of people watching, it's another one of those moments where you're like, I hope I did good in the world. I hope that this was educational and good. And and I, I'm glad that we don't, we didn't like sell out to work with people that might be really, really big, but maybe they're not the greatest of <laughs> do the greatest things. And it's all about the money and all that yeah. stuff. So anyway, that's kind of a fun thing to think about. Like what, yeah. what will it be like if it ended today, there's still a lot of good that's out there. And um, one of my favorite videos that we did was my friend is one of my other YouTuber friends. He has a big channel, a tech channel. And he's become one of our best friends in the space. And he, he, at 30 years old, he got married. He wanted to get married for years, never found the right person, found this girl that on one of those dating apps and, and she is paralyzed in a wheelchair and he, he connects with her and gets to know her. And he's like, you know what, this is, this is my wife. And she, she, when she was 19 years old, she's 30 years old. Also, when she was 19, she was doing gymnastics on a horse. It's just, I can't remember what it's called, but she fell off in a weird way and broke her back and has been paralyzed. But 
super motivational person, great person. This guy has millions of dollars for doing his YouTube stuff. Super successful, super fit, great guy, um, really religious. And he's like, this is my wife. So anyway, when they got married, I'm like, what do I give this, these people as a present for their their gift. They are like the best people in the world. And they have financially, they could buy the pots and pans they need, the towels they need for their house. He already <laughs> has a couple of houses that he has that he rents out to people. And and so I came up with this idea. I'm like, let's do something for someone else. And so I grabbed my daughter, um, Claire. She was, I think, 12 years old and at the time. And we went to, we flew all the way to Kenya. And we spent we spent some money. I don't remember, I think it was ten thousand dollars to buy desks and chairs for these, this school that these kids had no chairs and desks. It was like, and, and on those, we put Zach and Cambry. Cause you could write some businesses will donate and they'll put their business name. We put like Zach and Cambry and like the date of their wedding in a way. That's all we did. Mm. And so we did that. We we filmed this whole video about what do I give the guy who has everything? And then we filmed the video. Well, here's your present, Zach and Cambry. And we showed the kids bringing out the desks and putting them out. And then they sang songs and did all this stuff. And then included with that, we included a fundraiser of here's, if you guys want to help Zach and Cambry build a school as a wedding present, donate money, you here's the link. And so we didn't tell Zach we were doing that. We, one night we showed up at their house and the video was done the day before the video went live. And we said, we have some, we, we have your, your wedding present, but it's something we need to show you. We showed it to them and they were crying and they were oh, so grateful. Man. And from that video, we raised $35,000, which oh was enough gosh. to build an entire school, not just the desk, but an entire school. And we went back as our family and Zach, Zach and Cambry, we all flew to Kenya together and were there for the grand opening of this school that our people on the internet paid for as their wedding gift. Hmm. And so, I don't know, it's just, it's so cool to be able to do stuff like that. Um, that was like two years ago, right before the pandemic hit. And Lincoln, they put you, they put on a bracelet that's Kenya colors based off of their flag. It's really hard to get on and off. If you watch any of our videos recently or pictures on social media, Lincoln's still wearing that bracelet from our Kenya trip. And so Mm. it's kind of cool. People from Kenya still mention it. But anyway, there's just moments like that where you're like, man, I I wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't the YouTube platform to be able to do something like that and to help people all the way over in Kenya and just, I don't know, there's so many moments where I'm just, I'm just grateful for this ride. And, and it's, it's definitely more than the 8,000 years of people watching and the ad revenue that comes in. It is, it is nice to be able to have that be my full-time job, but at the end of the day, it is nice to know that if the L ended today, or if I was off the planet today, that hopefully I did some good in the world and help some people through this crazy ride of social media. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're, you know, if you're a, a mom or a dad listening right now and you think, oh man, another YouTuber, there's so many, you know, these, these guys that are blowing stuff up and wasting their time. Here is evidence, all of the evidence you should ever need that there are a lot of YouTubers like Dan who are doing a lot of good in the world. I hope you're listening to what he just said. The, the money that they spent uh, in Kenya, um, that was his money. That, that was his money that he earned through this, this work on this strange, crazy platform that so many of us don't really understand. Um, so yeah, I, I know there are a lot of parents that worry about how much social media and YouTube their kids are consuming, and rightfully so. We should put up boundaries and fences and be careful about how much our kids are consuming. But, um, but what a great example of a family that decided, 
we're going to do this for the right reasons. And then when we're blessed and knowing that we share the same faith, I know that you would point to heaven as the source of all of this good in your life. Um, when we're blessed, we're going to, we're going to use those resources to bless others and in not in small ways. That's, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm really glad that you shared that. I think that adds a lot of important context and, and texture to who you are and to your heart and to your family. Um, do you think you're doing exactly um, what God wants you to be doing at this season of, in your life? <laughs> it's a good question. I, I think this may sound odd, but I think all of us are doing what God wants us to do in our life right now. And there's no right or wrong answer. Just like I feel like for my kids, I'm, I'm not an expert parent. My son is 16 years old. My oldest, I, if my son is whatever profession, a YouTuber, a plumber, uh, works at a golf course and takes care of the grass, whatever he chooses to be. I hope that, I hope that he does his best at it and he's a good person and he looks at the things that are important in life. Um, there's, I feel like there's a thing there's a thing called, there's, there's a word that I've really latched onto in the last year and a half, and it's the word try. And I feel like it's always had a negative connotation because like, you think of Star Wars, it's like, do or do not. There is no try, I think mm-hmm. Yoda said. Mm-hmm. And then you always think like, oh, I'm trying. And, and you're like, I'm trying to do it. And it's almost sounds like a negative. But the more I've looked into that, I'm like, that is kind of our life in a nutshell. Like we're, we're never really perfect as much as we strive to be perfect. But if we're trying, like sincerely trying to be our best and do what is right, then I think that's what God wants from us. Like we're trying to be like Jesus. We're trying to do our best. We're trying to help our neighbor, trying to be a good father, not perfect at it, but I'm trying. I think that is kind of the spot that I think God, God wants from us. That's what I want for my kids. I want them to be doing their best, whether my daughter's doing her dance or my son's playing golf or my other daughter is playing with her friends. Like try to be kind, try to be your best. And life has so many different ways to go. And often there's one quote that I love. And, um, you had asked me a question, like you sent me an email and asked me a question. Um, and I don't even remember what the, oh, what was the, I don't even remember the question, but one of the quotes that I, that I, that I pulled up that I thought of was by Thomas S. Monson. And he said, and this is something I learned when I was 19 years old, I read this quote and it really stuck with me. It says the past is behind learn from it. The future is ahead. Prepare for it. The present is here. Live it. And I think often we get too caught up in the past and the future that we forget about the present. We forget about today, the breathing that we're doing today, like the opportunities we have to do what's right. Did you not say your prayers yesterday? Did you get a little upset about something? Did you not like read your scriptures? Did you not go to church because you wanted to watch it on Zoom or whatever? Okay, guess what? That was yesterday. Um, you have today. Mm. Are you going to do what's best today? Did you not work out the last three weeks? Oh, man, that doesn't mean that you can't work out today or mm. whatever that goal might be. Try your best. Try your best today. Like you're here, you're living, you're breathing, you're not asleep right now. And whatever happened yesterday, it's okay. Let's move on from it. Let's let's prepare for the future. But maybe we put a little more emphasis on the the present is here, live it. And, and that's part of, I think God's plan that, man, it's so easy, especially with our devices to get caught up in the scrolling and the thinking about what other people are doing. Maybe we take a second and put that down as much as I love people watching our videos. Hopefully they can put that aside or their kids can set it aside and go outside and jump on the trampoline, (laughs) go on a walk with the dog. Like there's so many little things you can do. And 
I think that's what God wants for us is to enjoy life, to be happy in life. And the, the, and I feel like we're the happiest when we're trying to be our best and we're okay with where we're at in our life today. And we're ready to get better today at whatever that thing is. Yeah, that that is the perfect answer to that question. Um, the name of the podcast is Right Where You Are. And what does that title mean to you? Well, there you go. It's it's to live where you are right now. Um, I, I, yeah, I love those reminders that yeah, you might have you might have done a few things yesterday you regret or last week, or maybe there are things yesterday or last week that you wish that you had done. Well, unless you have some time machine that Mark Rower invented, you you can't go back, <laughs> right? So what are you going to do today? What what are you going to do right where you are right now uh, to live a little bit better, um, to be a little bit stronger, to be a little bit more kind, to make your own difference uh, in the world? That's a great reminder. Well, then we're at the end. Long after uh, this podcast is a distant memory, Dan, what is one thing that you would want people to remember about you and your journey? If you could just, just pick one thing about this wild ride that you have been on and continue uh, to be on with your family. Uh, what is that one thing? If I could, yeah, one thing, if you alluded to it earlier, there's a lot of surfacey thoughts when you look at YouTube videos. When we do a sponsored video, we built our house, we did 43 videos. We had companies that helped us, like Kohler, here you go. Here's your entire bathtub and bat shower with 11 sh- they provided all of that for free we showed some videos Sometimes i actually I saw I, I saw that and i want that many shower heads yeah. in it's my an shower. amazing shower i saw that it's a beautiful yes. beautiful bathroom we have 36 speakers in our backyard it's amazing it's like the best sound system ever mm. there are so many things where fortunately companies came to us they sold a lot of the product because of our videos I would never have bought those things. And I think sometimes people think they look on the surface without digging too deep and watching the videos and just think these guys are just show offs that yes, we get it. You're rich. You're showing off your stuff. But um, hopefully people realize that we are, I love my family. I care for my family. And we look at the videos that we do that um, and the intent and the way the videos go that that we're trying to make the world a better place. And sometimes we do show really cool things because we have the platform, but at the end of the day, like I love my family and, and YouTube is not the number one priority in my life and social media. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in life that is not on camera that you don't see that, um, that I think is important. And for, and, and the same thing with everybody that you meet in life, just on the surface for what they post on Facebook for their uh, thing for the day, or maybe the one thing that they said to you in passing you don't want to judge a book by the cover and like the one thing that you saw, because every single person is going through their own journey in life. And the quicker we understand that nobody's perfect and that, and that we we're all on a journey to become something. Um, I think the more understanding that we'll have that, that let's let God be the judge of people someday. Like let's, let's let him figure out how good people were on their journey. But um, I think it's our job to show love and care for others and, and hopefully just be a little understanding and forgiving. So I don't know, kind of a weird answer to that question, maybe a different one, but since you brought that up earlier about some of the stuff, I'm like, that's, that's one thing sometimes when I hear that from people, I'm like, you know, it's yeah, that that's kind of a funny thing. <laughs> I like it. I, yeah. I like it. I, I just appreciate how real, how real you are. Um, you know, I, I often tell people 
uh, on the show, we use uh, we use Zoom, and and I almost always we have the camera on so that though uh, my audience won't see the video, we get to look at one another, and and it's it's just fun to watch somebody who's just telling the truth, telling a story, <laughs> being completely real and authentic, and um, you know this is this is who you are. And I think that the audience has, has gotten that from this discussion today. I, I appreciate the time. I know that you're insanely busy uh, running this uh, running this company of yours and doing so much good in the world. So I am grateful that you would give us a little bit of time. Thank you for letting me uh, share again with, uh, with you and with the audience the story of how we first met. Because again, I think somebody who answers an email and answers a text and opens his front door and says, you know, come on in come and see. Um, I, I think that's a pretty special person that the world needs to meet. And I think that the world needs a lot more Dan Marcos, to be quite honest. Oh, you're, you're too nice. I appreciate it. It's so great to connect again. And thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Right Where You Are. For more information about Jason and his projects, visit him online at jasonfright.com or on social media at facebook.com slash jfwbooks or on Instagram at Jason F. Wright. And be sure to subscribe to Right Where You Are, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This has been a production of Right Media Productions, copyright 2021 by Jason F. Wright. All rights reserved.